The word of the day today is holy. And so every time I say the word holy, uh, make a note of that, make a mark of that. That'd be a good, good thing. Awesome. Gotta watch our time. Hey, remind me to pick up some duct tape on the way home so I can just wrap the snot out of this thing. Oh my gosh, I cannot stand technology. Guys, our series is uh, Big God. Big God. Big God. How big is our God? How huge? How powerful? How majestic, how wonderful, how beautiful. Last week I tried taking us through the attributes of God, right? The attributes of God and I was, what I was trying to do is give us a picture, a little picture, just a glimpse of how big our God really is. Sometimes we try to make God so small. We try to put God into our boxes, right? And so as I was going through scripture, I was trying to find, okay, where is where are some different pictures of the bigness of God? Just, I want to see God in just the bigness of who he is. And I wanted to kind of take us into that series because sometimes I think I think of God as too small. And that's what this series is really all about. And so as I've been walking through scripture trying to find the pictures and images of God and his immensity. It's been fascinating. Uh, some of the, the pictures that are there, I mean, Revelation chapter 4, seeing the throne of God, John, John's vision. Mount Sinai, Moses and the Israelite elders getting to go up and dine with God on Mount Sinai. I mean, I'd love to get into that with you guys. We're just, we're not going to have time in this series to get into some of this stuff. Today, what I just couldn't shake is this vision of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. That's what we're going to look at. So if you have your Bible, open up to Isaiah chapter 6. I'm going to read this, just seven verses, and then we're going to pray and we're going to dig in. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 7. Kids, you there? Everybody got their Bibles if you, if you want to be in your Bible? Otherwise, we got it on the screen too. In the year that King Uzziah died, at 740 BC, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. I saw the Lord. And the train of his robe filled the temple. It filled it. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. One called to the other so loud that in a second we'll, we'll hear that the, it shook the very foundations. I mean, so they're not, they're calling, they're yelling. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who was calling. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, 
for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew over to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he'd taken with tongs from the altar. He touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Let's pray. Father, we come to you now asking that you would help us to understand. God, as I try to just take us quickly through this text, may we be, may, may our ears be open, yes. May, we, may our ears be open, but even more than that, we ask that your spirit, the Holy Spirit, would come and fall afresh upon us so that our hearts might be opened to receive this word in all of its transforming power. And may that word speak to us in such a way that we would be transformed. Do that kind of work even now. We believe, we believe that that's what happens. We beg of you to do that. Speak to us. Help me, God, to simply share what you want us to hear today. Not a word more and not a word less. May we hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. What's the joke down here? What's the big, like, what's the southern jokesters? Have you guys ever heard? Now, I, I apologize right off the bat if you're Swedish. Have you heard of Sven and Oli? Yes. Have you heard of Sven and Oli? No, nobody knows Sven and Oli. Okay, well, Sven and Oli are good buddies, okay? They're good buddies up, you know, up uh, north a little bit. And uh, Sven and Oli are talking one day, and Oli says to Sven, he says, hey, Sven, I'm kind of looking for a new church home. Sven says to Oli, he says, hey, Oli, I got a, there's a great church down the road. Go check it out. So Oli goes down and checks out that church and comes back to Sven, and he says, that wasn't the church for me. That's not really the church that I want to go to. Sven says, well, why don't you go check this church out? And he points him to another church and only goes to that church. And he comes back. He says, Sven, that's not the church for me. That's really not where I really want to be going to. I can just tell. Sven says, well, why don't you go check out this one? This one's been pretty good in the past. And Oli goes there the next Sunday, and he comes back to Sven, and he says, hey, Sven, I found my church home. These are incredible people. And Sven says, well, Oli, what was it that really captured your attention? What really drew you into this particular church? And Oli says, man, as soon as I walked in the door, everybody started singing. Oli, Oli, Oli. I like that joke. That's a good joke. Oli, oli, oli. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. Oli, oli, oli. Oli, oli, oli. Yeah, that's what we're talking about today. We're, we're talking about three different things. I want to look at God's reign. I want to look at God's holiness. And then what I want to look at is our response, especially the way in which we would respond in fear. And I want to look at the positive of that word fear. And so what I want to start with is just the reign of God, God's reign. Look at verse one there. In the year that King Uzziah died, in the year that King Uzziah died, King Uzziah was an incredibly powerful king in Judah. Uh, he lived 50, he was, he, he was king for 52 years. 
He was king for 52 years, very successful king, had a lot going on. You can read about it in 2 Chronicles chapter 26 if you're taking notes. You can go read about some of his stuff historically. King Uzziah died. That was the year that Isaiah has this vision of God. As I was thinking about that, I was thinking about, man, isn't it true that we put so much of our hope and our, our, our thinking into our leadership so often? In the year that he died, in the year that this king's 52-year-long reign died, I saw the Lord. Isn't it true? Isn't it true that President Biden is what? 78 years old, I think. In the next 25 years, he's going to be dead. Donald Trump, in the next 25 years, he's going to be dead. Our greatest, most powerful leaders of all time, Julius Caesar, Napoleon, uh, 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 oh shoot, no, I got my notes up there. But you know, some of the Chinese dynasty kind of guys. Queen Victoria. I mean, they, these are people that literally almost at times like ruled the world. I mean, the Roman Empire. I mean, it's, kind of, it's like the world at that time. Where are they? They're all dead. Every single one of them. The most powerful people in the year. There's something about that start to that chapter that I think needs to be addressed. In the year of King Uzziah, the year he died, I saw the Lord. All of our leaders, all of our kings, all of our presidents, all of them, all of them, all of them. Doesn't matter if they're the most powerful people. Putin someday, Kim Jong-un, all of them will be dead but the Lord will be reigning. The Lord will reign. My question today is who's reigning in your life? Who's, who's the king? Who's the Lord? Who's the leader? And, and are you allowing God to be king of your life because he's king of the universe? <laughs> in, the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne sitting, <laughs> comfortable, in complete control, ruling and reigning. Does the Lord reign in your life? Or do you continue to try to push him off the seat of the throne of your heart, blah, 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 all those kind of little, you know, cute things we've maybe heard in the past. Do we actually try to push him off and do we try to rule and reign? Which is hilarious because you don't have a clue what's going to happen this afternoon. You have no idea what's going to happen next tomorrow, next week. You have no idea. And yet you think you're so great. You think you're so king and queenish that you can rule and reign? Right? I mean, we, we struggle with that. We struggle with, I need to have complete control of my life. And yet there's people right now in the hospital from our church who literally two weeks ago were just fine. That's incredible to me. So two weeks ago, that person would be like, potentially thinking, I, I know what's kind of coming up. I, I have my plans. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I have my calendars already full, you know, for the next months. 
and I know exactly what's gonna happen. I know exactly how it's all gonna play out. Do I? Who's king? Who's king? I don't wanna spend too much time on that, but I just wanna say, in the year of King Uzziah's death, which is 740 BC, in the year that he died, I saw the Lord seated, the king of the universe. Does God reign in your life? Are you living more like you know it all? Wrestle with that a little bit. I want to move to God's holiness. I want to move to God's holiness. Look at this. Verses 1 through 4. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Notice this. Notice, this is fascinating to me. Isaiah is seeing something so intense that he, he actually starts to describe, instead of what he's seeing, he starts to describe stuff around it. His language, his words aren't able. I can't say what I see. I mean, have you ever been to just something so beautiful? Have you ever looked out over the Grand Canyon or something? And, and then, you know, if somebody were to call you and be like, hey, what are you, what are you looking at right now? You know, just the Grand Canyon. I mean, yeah, but tell, what do you see? Pretty, pretty beautiful. Just, I, mean, I can't get, you can't get your, you can't get your language around some of that. You know, I mean, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been is, is in the, the, the Basilica in St. Louis. St. Louis Basilica is just, for me, one of the buildings. Or, or, or uh, the Taj Mahal. You know, I've been to the Taj Mahal. Somebody's building, like, if somebody were to say, tell me about that, I can't tell you that. You gotta experience that. Here's Isaiah experiencing. Here's Isaiah experiencing God. He, but he, he starts to almost, I can't describe, I can't say what I'm seeing. And so he starts picking some of this stuff. Listen to what he says. I see a throne. I see a throne high and lifted up. I, I see a train of a robe filling the temple. I, I see above that the seraphim, which is, is interesting. The seraphim, they're not mentioned a bunch. The seraph, seraphah is a Hebrew word for fear, fire, fiery. And so it would appear these to be angels of an elite kind of group of angels because they're like the bodyguards of God. I don't know. That, are, that it would appear to be on fire. They're like on fire. These incredibly powerful beings, probably some of the most powerful beings in the universe. And he begins to describe what he sees. They got six wings. With two, they're covering their face. With two, they're covering their feet. And with two, they're flying. And one is calling to another. Notice that. They're, they're yelling to each other. I was going to bring up a video of like some Marines yelling at each other or something. This isn't like talking nice little talk. Notice in verse uh, 5, no, 4, the foundations of the thresholds are shaking at their voices as they're yelling to each other. 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. They're yelling it. Holy, holy, holy. These incredible beings are screaming this thing so loud that it's shaking. And we don't know, by the way, if this is Isaiah in the temple and his vision is more of a in the temple. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is he seeing the temple or is he actually seeing more a, a heavenly temple picture of God in heaven? Or is it kind of both? We don't know exactly what he's kind of mentioning when he said the train of his robe fills the temple. Is that that earthly temple at this time in Jerusalem? Is it, is it more of a heavenly picture? Is it kind of both and? And they're yelling at each other and it's shaking the foundations. Holy smokes, the power that's here. And there's smoke and Everything's just going and going and going. He sees this incredible picture, and what are they saying? Holy, which is actually, the Hebrew word is kadosh, which I think is way cooler than holy. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. You can just envision these fiery, angelic beings. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Holy, holy, holy. What a picture. And you can only imagine what Isaiah is really seeing. He's trying to describe it to you. He's trying to help us, but it's he, you know it's falling short. You can just tell it's falling short. Kadosh, 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 holy, holy, holy. What is holiness? This is a picture of God in all of His holiness. His set apartness, that's probably a fast way to kind of say, but it's, it's more than even that. It's, there's no one word that can get this. It's, it's his perfection of love and justice and grace and mercy, all of it combined into one. It's, it's him over there and the rest of creation and everything else over here. His holiness, who he is, kadosh, The holiness of God. It's, my grandma wouldn't let us usually, I remember my grandma talking about, don't use the word awesome in referring to other things. My grandma was big on, the word awesome should only be used for God. And I say awesome to everything, so I'm sorry, grandma, but I say everything's awesome. Taco Bell's awesome, grandma, are you kidding me? Have you not eaten their beefy five-layer grandma? <laughs> Truly awesome. Kadosh. That's what he's seeing. It's an incredible picture of God and all of his holiness. Holy, holy, holy. And I think God gives us, guys, I think even in creation, we get glimpses of this, don't we? When you stand at the edge of the Grand Canyon, doesn't it draw you into his immensity? And it just, if you're thinking about it, you don't have to think about it. You could look at it from an agnostic or an atheist kind of point of view and just be like, oh, you know, this is all random. And it, it actually, which I would actually argue even from a philosophical standpoint, that beauty, like where is then the word beauty to you? But anyway, that's all besides the point. You're standing at the Grand Canyon and you're looking like, it, you're just in awe, aren't you? 
You go and look at a mountain. Have you ever just looked at a mountain and just, it's just, you're in awe of this mountain and the power. Have you ever just looked out at the ocean? It just, you're just, it just keeps, it's so huge. And it gives you these like little pictures of just the immensity of our God. And as Isaiah's trying to describe this vision that he has in the year that King Uzziah died, God does not die. He keeps going. In that year, in that year, he sees a vision of God, the eternal king, who's always been and always will be, and who is the king of not just one little aspect of life, the universe. This one is holy. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. The train of his robe fills the, te- fills the temple. You know, you think of a bride that comes with the big trains, right? Think of the train of a robe that fills the whole temple. Just covers everybody. The seraphim yelling. Whole fiery beings. Not, we're not talking about the little... You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about some of the most powerful beings in the universe who have to cover their eyes because they can't even look at the God of the universe. So powerful, and yet compared to God himself, so insignificant. It's incredible being holy, set apart, so out of the, it's so different than anything else. And then Peter, Peter begins to say things like this. Listen to this. This is in 1 Peter chapter 1. I don't have this on the screen. This just came to me early, later in the week. Listen to this. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear. That's going to drive us to our third point. Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Exile meaning just life in this, dealing with all the crap. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, you were ransomed not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, but you were bought with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Then if you turn your page in your Bible to chapter 2, listen to what is said about you in Christ. This is, this is familiar to a lot of us. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A holy nation. A people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Today, in the Apostles' Creed, if you said the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints. 
Forgiveness of sins. But did you, did you catch that? The holy Christian church. How is that possible? We're talking about this picture of God in all of his holiness and majesty and power. You know, Revelation chapter four has an image of the throne of God from John's perspective and a vision that John had. And, and with that image came, came thunder and lightning it was talking about. You can go read that in Revelation chapter four. Did you guys have the storm come through uh, Thursday night? We had a neighbor literally have their shed in their back of their, just across the street from us, our neighbor had a, a lightning bolt hit. Their shed blew out like one of their whole corners of their shed, blew it up. It was just, it was and I was outside <laughs> under my little metal roof. <laughs> kid you not, grilling hot dogs when that baby went off. I kid you not, under my metal roof. I always thought, you know, it's gonna hit a tree or something. It literally bypassed a ton of trees in their backyard and hit their, hit their shed. You can go see it. And I'm under the metal roof with my metal tongs. <laughs> cooking, mar cooking hot dogs. When that baby went off, I knew it was close. I knew it was close because it was one of those light and noise same time Boom, and it was just like, oh my gosh, what happened? You know, it was one of those. And I just, in that moment, I just had to take a second and be like, holy smokes, God, you are, you're that powerful? That's, that's what we're talking about here when we're thinking about you. And I, you know, I'm thinking of my message a little bit. I'm like, oh baby, here's an all powerful God. You don't mess around. You don't mess around. We talked to our kids that night. You don't mess around with God. This is a God who has all power. This is the picture Isaiah is seeing here. But then this holiness, how, it's interesting. If you go read through some of the kind of boring parts of the Bible, like Leviticus and Numbers, some of, some of those old, where you're looking at different like utensils and things that are going in the tabernacle and stuff. A lot of times God will talk about these things as set them apart. They're going to be holy for me, okay? These are gonna be holy things, set apart things. See, See, holiness can get transferred. And this is what God does. God gives to us his holiness. And the question is how, and Peter tells us, not with gold or, or something, but with the precious blood of Christ. So this almighty, all-powerful God comes, sends the Son to us in the flesh, the incarnation, that's the Christmas story, to go to the cross so that he might die, so that God might die to take your sin, to take all of our stuff and give to us what? His holiness, making us holy. The reason I just want to say this, and you actually have to do a little work today. I'm going to do less talking than maybe usual because I, you're going to have to do the work to understand the connection. Isaiah sees this incredible holy God. And then what gets said about us is you're a holy people. How? Through the blood of Christ, through the work of Jesus on the cross. This is why in this series, as we look at a big God, as we look and think about big, big, giant God, if we look past Jesus, 
If we don't see Jesus and, and we just, big, huge God, huge, floaty thing, the whole universe, it's an energy, it's a force, but we don't see Christ, you, you'll, you're an agnostic. You're okay with there being some floaty energy out there, but holiness to us comes through Jesus. We can't miss that. If we're just talking about spiritual energy, floaty, God, you know, okay, yeah, there's a big God out there. Then we're Aristotle, the unmoved mover. We're talking philosophy, and we're not even talking about the real God anymore. You see what I'm saying? My last thing is this, our response. How does Isaiah respond? How does Isaiah respond to this image of God? Well, he poops his pants a little bit. That's what he does, Ariana. He just poops a little bit, he pees his pants. And I said, woe is me, I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the Lord, the King of hosts. We're not gonna have time to get into the word host. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he'd taken with tongs from the altar. He touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. This is Isaiah's oh shoot moment. Right? The immensity of God's holiness now comes slam up to his imperfections. I'm going to die. I, this picture is so immense. Just think about that. How, how could you have such an immensity that you'd be led to, I'm gonna die. This is, this is not looking at the Grand Canyon. This is looking at the Grand Canyon as you're standing on like a twig you know, leaning out over the, you, you know what I'm saying? You kind of, you kind I was trying to think of how to get this across. It, it's, it's, you're, you're, you, it's so immense. It's so beautiful. It's so perfect. It's so holy. It's so set apart. But you're like, you're standing on the branch. You're not a couple feet back from the edge. You're right, you're gonna, you're gonna die. I'm gonna die. And what does that do? You standing on a branch hanging out over the Grand Canyon, there's going to be in you, unless you're, a weird, you're one of those weird, you know, crazies, but you're going to have, and here's the word I'm going to bring up, there's going to be fear that comes into you, won't there? You'll be afraid. I, I would. I'd be pooping my pants. I'd be like, oh my gosh. Oh my. The fear. The fear of the Lord. I say it's like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna die. There's nothing, that's the only way I can interpret how this is gonna go down. I will die. Woe is me, I've seen God. What is our culture? How are we to respond? You know, I think of my little daughter, my youngest daughter, Ember. And I've shared this before, I think, but, but I just, I, for some reason, I just get this image in my mind. There'll be times where I'm like, I'm gonna get you, right? But then there's some times where I'm like, I really turn it, turn it on and I'm like, right, I'm gonna get you. And it's amazed me. Sometimes she'll take off running, right? But sometimes, and it, it catches me every time in my heart, I just, it's like, oh my gosh, this is it. I'll sometimes be like, 
and she'll turn and she'll run right at me. That's, that's amazing to me. Here comes the scariest thing. But where do I need to go? To that scary thing. To the best place. She's like the smartest kid. The best place she can actually go is towards me. That's fascinating. I read somewhere in one of my commentaries this past week, somebody said something like, the fear of the Lord, when we fear God, when we fear God, we don't have to fear anything. Look at Proverbs 19, verse 23. I just want to read this to you. And actually, the fear of the Lord is all over the place. It's not like this is the one spot. Listen to this. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Whoever has it rests, rests, satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Anytime the fear of the Lord conversation comes up, I, there's always somebody that says, fear, yeah, kind of like standing in awe. Yes, but that falls short of what's really being said here. It's, it's another one of those you can't just respond with just one word to quick define it so that you can kind of keep moving on with your life. Say, do you fear God? That's my question today. Do you fear him? There is a kind of healthy fear of God that we should have. He's holy. He's set apart. Thunder rumbling. Lightning flashing. The kind of lightning that can hit 20 feet away at my neighbor's shed. The kind of God you can't even describe. You can only describe stuff around him. The kind of God who's got seraphim, the most powerful creatures in the universe, who can't even look at God. Who are yelling, kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Do we have that kind of fear of, in our heart? Do we, when we think about, when we sing a song like, here come and back someday, here come and back someday, or however that one went. Uh, is there a kind of holy smokes? Or is it kind of like, oh, you're coming back someday, you're sure, great. And we just, we've just made everything cute. The angels are cute. Holy, 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 <laughs> holy, holy, holy. Everything's just cute. Everything's nice. Keep God in his nice little box. Everything's so cute. Everything's so perfect. Let me be the king of my life. Let me rule. Let me reign. I don't want to have these big visions of some creature, some being that'd be bigger than me. No, everything's cute. Everything's nice. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of life. We've got to take some of that serious. I mean, listen, this is the one we fear. Don't get me wrong. The one that we fear is the one who sits down and says, let the little kids come to me. You see what, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's just, I, I guess the way I'm going to say it today, which I actually think I'm taking a little bit of a shortcut and I'm letting you off the hook a little bit. But let me say it like this. You should have a healthy fear of God. That's me playing it even safer than I want to, but I'll just keep it safe. Do you have a healthy fear of God? 
This is the one. And next week, I'm going to preach on it. Next week, I'm going to preach on what I want preached at my funeral. At least right now, in my funeral arrangements for my life, this is the text I want to preach on. I'm going to preach on it next week. It's a picture of the God of the universe who comes and loves you so much, loves me so much, that he'd be willing to give up his life for us. The one who created the universe stooped down, got off the throne, and is sent by the Father to save us, to save you and to save me. That's how much he loves you. But I think that only really has it like the, the real booster if we understand how big he is. When God's nice and cute and he's just, it's like, yeah, sure, come on down, God. Yeah, no problem, you know. No, he's the eternal God who's always been. That one came and died for you. That one saved you. That one loves you. The holy God of the universe gives, makes you holy is making you holy all through his blood. Let's pray. We don't have more time. I'd love to, but we just don't. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this incredible time. Truly. If, t if today was the last sermon I ever preach, I'm going to be a little bummed because next week I feel like it's going to be a really good one. But, but may we, if today is the last day, then then may, may we know how much you love us. May we look to the cross. May we look to the cross where we see you in, in giving yourself for us. May we look to the one who rose from the dead. The tomb is empty, you're alive. May we look to the one who sits right now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty and from there he will come to judge the living and the dead. You will return one day. May we look to you. May God, we fear you. We fear you. I fear you. And where I don't fear you in my life, I pray you give me a little healthy dose of fear. That I might be humbled, that I might fall to my knees or at least the knees of my heart fall down in worship of you in, in, in looking to you as we catch just a little glimpse as we catch just a little reflection of you in all of your glory we know that we can't see that right now we know that that is one day but right now Jesus we look to you we look to you Jesus and God, I pray for that person in this room who maybe doesn't know about that yet or who still is wondering about that or who still needs that or who still got questions about that. We all have questions, but who has questions about how can I be saved? I pray that that person would be moved to talk to somebody else who's a believer who can help them and walk with them through that process of, of, of receiving you into their life. Please do that kind of work, Lord. We love you, we trust in you, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys, let's stand up. This song is all about us saying amen. <laughs> amen to our God and, and, and the things he's saying to us, which hopefully just happened here these past 30 minutes. Amen to that. That's what it's all about. Yeah, all glory, all praise uh, goes to the Lord.
who is our God. Uh, let me leave you with a blessing, a reminder to connect with each other. I hope you guys just keep working and getting to know each other and introducing yourself to the person next to you, fist bumps, all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, let's, um, let me leave you with a blessing. May our God, our eternal God, the God of Isaiah, the God that Isaiah saw, may that God be with you this next week in everything that you do. May he go with you as he promises to do, never leaving you, never forsaking you, giving you everything you need this next week to continue steadfast in him, walking by his spirit. Go with peace and joy in your heart, guys. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. Lord bless you.